So uh, welcome uh, back to Jericho Road. This is our second week in uh, The Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I'm so blessed to be here. I'm so, I hope you guys are. I'm glad you made it. Um, we actually start at 11. If ever you want to show up on time, that'd be really cool. Um, that's when like all the magic happens. That's a really great time to be here. Uh, last week, we began our series about Fruit of the Spirit, the internal characteristics of one who's connected to God. The natural byproduct of, a, of the Spirit's dwelling within the believer or the evidence of a life lived walking in the Holy Spirit's power and presence. Last week we looked at love, the first and preeminent uh, fruit of God's uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, here was the passage that we're looking at and we're working through. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, last week. Joy, that's this week. Peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So today we're talking about joy. Last week was love. This week is joy. And I'm thinking about it. That's a really good combo, wouldn't you say? Like love and joy. I hope that you notice how uplifting this verse is. How these characteristics, these characteristics are not sort of low level, like, oh, you know, let's have those, let's follow more rules. It's not this kind of thing. We're talking about love and joy. Who could use some more love and joy in their life, right? Is there such a thing as too much joy? No, no, please, God, I don't want any more joy in my life. I'm all full. Has anyone ever said that? No one ever, right? Joy is that deep inner confidence and satisfaction, not dependent on outward circumstances, but on the Father's love, on Christ's work, and on the Spirit's power. You see, the key to joy is God. Joy will never be found in doing, nor does it come from material things. It's found in the immaterial God of the universe, God the Spirit. He is the bringer of joy. You are not the manufacturer of your own joy. Check out this cool scripture in Psalm. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. Is anyone interested in some joy? Let's have a raise of hand. Who would like a little bit more joy in their life? Anyone? None of you? A few of us want a little? And some of you don't. That's really cool that you're so full that you don't want any joy. So let's declare this verse all together out loud as we begin our sermon. We're going to declare this word because we're asking God to bring us joy. Ready? One, two, and three. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. And I'd like some more joy. So I want to pray this ahead of time because, you know, Quite frankly, sermon sometimes is pretty selfish. These are the things that I want for me. As a believer and as a follower of Christ, I want to have more joy. I want to, I want to be near God. I, I really like love. Love is really fun to me. It's really nice when people love me. It's really life, nice when I get to love other people. And then it's really nice when uh, other people are joyful. And it's really nice when I'm joyful. Those are things I actually like. And so this scripture, I want to pray over myself. God, would you bring me joy, God, as I follow after you? It is God the Spirit who fills us with joy. There's a powerful passage in Romans. Paul writes this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because of your trust in Him. Then you're going to overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I was geeking out on this verse all week because if this verse is true, this verse is a game changer. If it's true, to be filled completely with joy and peace. Peace is next week. We'll get there. 
we're talking about joy. Is this us? Are we filled completely with joy? Like, I'm talking completely. Do you hear the words of the verse? That he's asking, Paul's saying, like, God, would you fill me completely with joy? Is that us? Should it be us? Could it be us? Is this verse for us? You see, you guys, God did not intend life to be a burnout. God did not intend for you to schlep through life just getting by. God did not intend for your marriage to be on again, off again. God did not intend for you to just have to go to work even though you hate it. God did not intend for your life to be a drag. And He certainly didn't intend for our church to be that way or a relationship with Him to be like so-so or whatever. You see, God intends us to be completely filled with joy. He created us to be full of joy, even overflowing with joy. And I don't know about you, I, I'm, I've gotten more and more joyful as I've started to follow the Lord throughout my life. But to be completely filled with joy, that's a game changer. Is it really possible? Or is the Bible giving us something that's not even real? We can't even grab it. See, I don't think that it is. I don't think that these things are unattainable. I think that God is real. And I think when he says, like, joy is available and complete joy, I take God at his word. And if that is true, then I want to step into that. That is what I am interested in. I am very interested in having complete joy. And I am very interested in having some complete peace. And I am very interested in love. Today we're going to look at five considerations that will help us have that joy blossom in our lives as God intended. We're just going to see five movements really quickly. The first is that joy comes from salvation. From from God coming to get us. This is true in the Old and the New Testament. Habakkuk writes this, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Luke Uh, when the angels came and they were announcing Jesus' birth, the angels said, there's someone coming and he's going to bring you something. What is he going to bring you? The angels reassured them and he told them, don't be afraid because I'm bringing you good news and it's going to bring you great joy to all the people. That's Jesus coming on this planet to save us. And then when people heard that Jesus could save them, ultimately the apostles told this guy, who is a jailer, and this jailer puts his faith in Christ, and we have this account in Acts of this guy's life. The jailer brought them into his house, and he set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. You see, some of us maybe were caught in our old sin. Some of us are caught just up in ourselves. Some people are caught in darkness. But joy is available. Real joy. Not momentary happiness or fun, but deep, soul-satisfying joy. Maybe does it seem far off? Does it seem unattainable? Well, it is. You cannot have it without Jesus. Without a right relationship to the Heavenly Father and without the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God's work of salvation through Jesus brings joy. And once you have that, oh man, as followers of God, joy is available for those who are willing to walk in the Spirit. 
yielded to the Spirit, expectant of the Spirit, then everything in life is joyful. Do you all remember when you met Jesus and the joy that came from that? Those of us that are Christians, we can give a testimony. We can tell about how God brought joy into our life the moment we met Jesus. Think back to that. That is the beginning part of joy. That is the jump-off point from which joy needs to expand. That isn't the best joy. That's the beginning joy. If in your mind that is the best joy that you had was when you said yes to Jesus and it was really cool for like a week or two weeks or six weeks and then you're like, bear, bear, back to regular life, then we miss something because that's only the beginning point of joy. But it's an important beginning point. See, joy has to start there. If there is anyone here today who has never experienced the joy of Christ, that is available the moment that you want to put your trust in Him. The moment you want to say, Jesus, I have tried everything else and my soul is not satisfied, but that joy sounds pretty good. You want to say that today? That is available for you today. That is the beginning point. As many of us look back in our life, that's the beginning point of where joy began. But some of us ended there. And so maybe the next four points are for you. I hope that your joy has not ended there. The second point is this, that you can have joy no matter your circumstances. These are like terrifying verses if we look at them. Check this out. In Corinthians, Paul writes, in the middle of severe trial, the people that he was ministering to, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So these were people who were getting persecuted, who were getting killed, and who were really poor. And, and Paul notices one thing about them, that they're generous and that they're full of joy in the middle of severe trials. James tells us, hey, what you should do is you should count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of, of various or many kinds. And the church in Thessalonia, it said, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at these, these things should not go together. Severe suffering, trials, uh, extreme trials, are connected to an overflowing joy. So I will tell you, circumstances don't dictate joy. Hear it very clearly. Your life circumstances do not dictate how much joy is in your heart or available for you. It doesn't matter. In the middle of severe trials, extreme poverty, joy was available for them, and it is available for us. We are talking about people who are actually getting killed, who are getting tortured, who are violently torn from their families. They were burned alive, they were put on stakes, dipped in oil, and they would light the highway of Nero. People who were who were getting their arms and legs chopped off, who were not put in gladiator battles because they wouldn't fight. They would kneel down and pray. And so instead they put them in lion battle because the lion doesn't care. They would just devour these people. And they would pray for the lions and they would pray for the people in the auditorium. These are the kind of severe trials that they were facing. And he said in the middle of those trials, they experienced overflowing, overwhelming joy. You see, circumstances don't dictate joy. The Holy Spirit dictates joy. Joy is available all times, even in persecution and death. Imagine that you could have joy as you were being beheaded for your faith. But maybe it's not that extreme. Maybe you and I can have joy 
as we're passed over for a promotion that you deserve. Maybe you and I can have joy as your family couldn't make the house payments and you have to give up the house. Maybe it's not even that big. Maybe you and I can have joy as your kid loses their iPad and their jacket on the same morning, right? (laughs) Can I have joy even in that circumstance? As you see, even the biggest or the littlest troubles, joy is available because joy is not circumstance-based. It's God-based. God dictates joy. I'm reminded of some of the tragic natural things that have been happening in this country, whether it's floods or hurricanes. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, more personally and closer to home, a friend of ours, Raymond Cho, whose son is in the hospital with cancer. Many of us share a connection to the Cho family. And Ethan is uh, right now Literally right now, battling cancer. Is it true that joy is available for them, even today? Joy is available because it's not based on circumstances. It's based in God. I'd like to take a moment in service. I know we don't always break the flow. But I'd like to take a moment and pray over those two things as well. We're going to break the flow here of service and just pray. Uh, for the people who've lost so much, maybe loved ones, people we don't know, homes that we're not connected to and property values that don't really change for us. We're going to pray for them right now, and then we're going to pray for the Cho family, some of us that, that we do know them. So would you join me in praying for the people we don't know and someone that we do? Father, in the middle of our service, we want to stop and we want to pray because I don't want to talk about joy without knowing that there's some stuff that may be interfering that, with that in people's lives in this country. And so we just pray over people who've lost their homes. Maybe their mom or dad died. Uh, people uh, who've lost children in the last couple of weeks here as they try to repair and rebuild. God, we just pray for them. We don't know their names. We don't, we don't know if they have insurance. We don't know how they're going to pay for the repairs of their house and And we can't fix those things at all. We can pray over them, and we do. Right now we pray for the people in Florida and the people in Houston, God. Though we don't know their names, we pray you do. And we ask that you would touch them and bless them, and may your church rise up in those areas and bring comfort and and love to those people. And we want to pray right now for the Cho family and for Ethan in particular. God, we just pray for them. And we pray that in the middle of this, you could still bring joy. But God, we want to ask for Ethan's complete healing. We want to ask, God, that the cancer would be absolutely eradicated. God, you say when we step out in faith and we want to pray in faith, and some of us, we're lacking faith, and I confess that's me. So God, I I believe, but I, I want you to help me to even believe more. And God, I want to ask that you would heal this young This young man, Ethan, God, we just pray that the cancer would be completely gone. Whether you use medicine or not, I don't care. We ask for his healing. And we pray that your spirit's presence would flood he and his family right now. That they could experience your fullness, even in a hospital room. God, we ask that you would be with them, and we pray this in your name. Amen.
See, joy is available no matter the circumstances, friends. Because thirdly, joy comes from God's presence. The psalmist writes this, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. And again, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation, God, brought me great joy. Do you see, will you notice with me that joy is found in the presence of God? But how do we get God's presence? Here's four quick tips. You got to seek God. The Bible says that you will, if you seek Him, you'll find Him when you seek Him with all of your heart. You've got to start to seek Him. You can't have God's presence if you're not looking for it, if you're not asking for it. So we got to seek God with all of our hearts. We've got to learn to be quiet. Stop talking so much, even to God, right? Is it 90 10? Is it 100% you talking and no percent God talking? We need to be quiet. In fact, I bet you're talking right now, even as I'm talking, your voice isn't, but your inner monologue is, right? No? Yes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I hear you, right? No, I can't read minds. I'm not bulimic, says Zoolander, right? <laughs> Never mind if you didn't see that. Um, you've got to stop and listen. Tell God that you're available. So you've got to seek Him. You've got to be quiet. Stop talking so much, maybe. Get in a place where you can start to listen. See, once you stop talking, even internally, then you can listen. You've got to do it without sleeping, though. Has anyone ever heard Psalm 37? It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. That's the fourth thing. Seek Him, be quiet, listen, and then wait for Him. Be still and just wait for a second. Just wait. But we are a culture of the immediate. But God cannot be dictated to. And you can't tell God, you have 14 seconds to answer me as I pray. And if you don't, I'm not available anymore, God. That is not how God works. You don't dictate to God. You need and I need to come before God and we say, God, I'm going to wait for you. That is not my timing. I've got to wait for your timing, God. I know I want it immediate. That's true about me. I want things to happen right now. But God is not a microwave. You cannot push him, turn it on, and put 30 seconds and say, heat, 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 do it now. That's not the way God works. And so we've got to be willing to wait on God. We've got to be willing to, to come into his presence. Because it's in his presence that we'll find joy. Now, we don't often emphasize the supernatural or the spiritual kind of presence of God at our church, but it's a necessary thing for joy. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have no joy. Some of us, we have allowed our souls to stray away from the presence of God, and so we've strayed away from joy. Today we return. Right now, today, we say, God, I need to go back to your presence. It doesn't matter my circumstances, and, and we all have various things. You've got a lot of stuff going on, but it doesn't matter. God, the, the circumstances of my lives don't matter. I need to go back to your presence because I really could use some more joy. I come home all pissed off from work, and I yell at my kids, and I yell at my wife, or I'm short with them, or I give them like terse answers, or I have that attitude, because we never do as adults, right? Just our teens do. <laughs> I know I do. Why? Because I'm not in God's presence. If I want the joy to return, I've got to be near Him. 
I've got to get into His presence. And to, today we return. Today we're reminded that it is him, in Him that we have joy. The fourth thing is joy comes because of God's protection and security. We can have joy because we know, we know we're secure in Him. The psalmist writes, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. The fact that God holds us secure, that's a source of joy. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about how, how your life's going to end up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you lose all your money. It doesn't matter how much money you have for retirement. It doesn't matter, like it, I know it feels like it, if your kids are going to go crazy or not. What matters is that we find security in God. Like, I know where I'm going. I, God says, I've got you. It doesn't matter what happens in life. Wherever you go, Sam, I've got you. And as I understand that, and as I process that, and as I sit in that, and that frees me up to have joy because it doesn't matter what happens. Now, I know stuff is frustrating. I know life happens. I'm not oblivious of that. I live life too, you guys. But I trust God. I have full security in him. Like, God says, I will protect you. I, I got you. You are in my hand. There's nowhere. What could they do? Kill you? Then you're in heaven. Don't worry about it. It's way better if they kill you. You want me to want to see? No, no, I'm cool right now, right? But that's okay if you get killed. It's cool too because you're in heaven. We have a security that non-believers don't, don't. Joy comes when God is your refuge, your safe haven, your protector. Many of us, though, instead, what do we make our refuge? We make our refuge in our own ability, our skills. We make our refuge our ability to fix the situation or to do more stuff or to figure it out. But joy isn't found in us, it's found in God. And so if you want to have some joy, you've got to stop trying to figure it all out. You've got to just find your security in Him. Sometimes our security is in our own work. Anybody place their security in their work? That's where, your, that's where your protection comes from. That's where you feel like, okay, if I work well, then my security is there. I know many of us do. I do. Any of us ever put our security in our money? If I could just get this enough in my bank, if I could just pay back these debts that I have that maybe nobody else knows that I have, then I'd I'd be so much more secure and I'd feel more joyful and at peace if I could take care of these debt situations, if I could just get X amount in my 401k or if I could set this up for my retirement. We're putting our security in money. Sometimes that happens. And that's cool if you have money, but that's not where our security lies. It lies in God, the God of the universe. And until it lies in God of the universe, you're never going to experience joy, even if your bank account is large. Or if it's small, and either way, you're going to have joy without God. Sometimes uh, we place our security in so many different things. Ultimately, those things are false and they're empty. Sometimes it's even our spouse or our family where we take refuge. But that's always going to let us down. We need to find our security in God and God alone. And lastly, how can we kind of find some of this joy? We need to, to probably get out of our city a little bit. You need to get into God's creation. Now, I am not a nature-loving camping person. Camping is a holiday inn. But after I'm in the holiday inn, I need to walk out and go on the beach or walk through those things that are green and tall, plants. Yes, I need to go among those things. Because there's something about God's creation 
that he designed to, to spark join us. Ask any surfer that's here. We have three or four surfers. When they're out there, they will always say, dude, that's my peace. That's my sanctuary. That's my joy, bro. Like, it's always that. Even non-Christians ones, they say that. Yeah, dude, it's like spiritual, man. Like, you don't even believe in God. What do you mean it's spiritual? You know, like, but it is. And so there's a call for us to maybe take a moment and get outside of our craziness and, and, and look up, look outward, look at nature. So the psalmist says, the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonder, where morning dawns and where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. See, so some of us need to do that. You need to just take a minute when the sun's setting or maybe get up a little early and see the sun rise. Maybe, maybe take a half hour and drive down to the beach after service here. And just go and sit and, and experience the joy of God that comes from being in his creation. See, God's creation brings joy, like really soul joy. And we city folk, I think we miss it a little bit. Like, I, I saw that picture of uh, Missionary Kang. I was like, oh, man, he, I wonder what the property values are in North Korea by the ocean, right? Probably lower than here, so we could afford to retire there. You know, like, like what a cool, like, like even, you're like, oh, yeah, North Korea could be beautiful, too. All throughout the world, there's beauty. We've got to seek it for soul joy in the cosmos or in an atom, in the oceans and in the mountains, in the face of your children and the laughter of their lips, in the whisper of the wind and the heart-stopping beauty of the clouds, in the sunset and the sunrise, in flowers and in droplets of water. Be filled with joy. My prayer for you is that you just hear clearly that God wants one of the fruit of the Spirit that He develops in you. You don't have to manufacture it or cause your own joy. God wants you to have joy. It is His Spirit. As you walk in His Spirit, He says, I want to give you joy. And we've got to be available that, for that today. As the praise band comes up, would you respond with me in prayer and song? We're going to ask that the Spirit bring joy, no matter your circumstances. I'm going to ask that the Spirit brings overwhelming joy. Maybe you've never even experienced it. But I am going to ask for a supernatural moment right here at Heritage Park in Irvine for us that are 40 or 50 years old. I'm going to ask for a powerful spiritual supernatural. I've been asking for weeks that God would prepare you for this. And maybe you didn't even know this was going to happen this morning. But God is going to collide with you. And He wants to give you something that you've never maybe had before. He wants to give you a a joy that comes in His presence. And I'm going to pray that blessing over you. And we're going to pray and then respond in song. Father God, I just pray for Your joy to come upon our people. One that they cannot manufacture. One that cannot come from internal things or their own desires or abilities, but comes from You. God, I pray that You would do a supernatural spiritual work right now in the hearts of anyone that's available. God, I would like some more joy this morning. Despite circumstances, despite things that that cause my heart to ache, and that's okay that they do, I want to have joy in the middle of those things. God, we ask for your presence right now to move in our church.